Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, September 14th, 2023. And today I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PVH, how's it going, my friend? Yeah, truth be told, I was a grouchy mess all day and it's just, ugh. Just oh, in a bad, man. bad mood. Oh boy! But I just had a nice long conversation with our good mutual friend Sloaner, and uh, of course, the Sloaner wit makes everybody smile. So I'm in a much better place. So happy to be here. Oh, good. Well, good. Well, hopefully we can we can help lift your moods here uh, on the TSS, my friend. We are also or, joined. You know, angry Paige is or, sometimes be entertaining. Actually, too. I wouldn't mind seeing a little I'm bit of angry Paige. We we might see a little angry Paige here when we start breaking down this Western Kentucky game. Uh, we're also joined by fellow contributor Chad Plummer. You just heard his voice from Cleveland. CP, what's the word from the two one six? What's up, people of the world? <laughs> good. How are you guys doing, man? Yeah, good. All the man. International listeners. <laughs> yeah, I think we have a few. I don't know. I'll have to look at the SoundCloud stats. I'm pretty sure we've got a few random international right. listeners. And, and Buckeye Nation's everywhere. There was something I just saw on uh, Twitter. The Ohio State released like the number of alumni that are out there, and it's like 11 million or something. It's, it is. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would not be surprised if we have some Buckeyes overseas uh, listening to the pod. So the Buckeyes are now 2-0. and and they're number six in this week's AP poll after beginning the season at number three. Uh, for what it's worth, and at this early stage, it isn't much. Florida State, Texas, and USC have all since jumped the Buckeyes in the AP poll. Ohio State was underwhelming in a 35-7 win over Youngstown State last Saturday. Now, I want to spend some time looking back on that result with you guys today. I have not even had a chance to talk to you guys about how you thought that uh, that game went. And then, of course, we'll have a look at Ohio State's next opponent, the Western Kentucky University Hilltoppers, who visit the Horseshoe this Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern. you got to love that kick time, PBH. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and, I didn't even, like, I, I just found that out today. I was like, wow. Yeah, it's like an NFL kickoff time. Um, and th- this is going to be the first ever meeting on the gridiron between Ohio State and Western Kentucky, FYI. But first, gents, let's spend a few minutes looking back at what Denzel Burke in the postgame called an uninspired inspired performance by the Buckeyes against Youngstown State last Saturday. Now, it wasn't a totally wasted effort because Kyle McCord clearly established himself as QB1 in that game, and Ryan Day made it that official uh, at his press conference on Tuesday. McCord is the winner of the quarterback competition, and Day said he was ready to, quote, make that distinction. McCord was 14 of 20 for 258 yards and three touchdown passes in only 30 snaps. So PVH, I want to start with you. Let's start with the performance of McCord and the Buckeye offense. Let's get. Let's start there. What did you see from that unit last Saturday that stood out? So eat some crow, PVH, and props to Plummer. Trey played great. I thought that was as good as I've seen that guy run in probably since his freshman year. Um, and I think firmly, you know, established himself as, you know, maybe RB one. I hate that term, but. To me, like he, he probably had the the best day outside of McCord, who I thought was um, really good. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you can expect much more. Um, I agree. And Brown, yeah, but that just it was it, it was kind of funny. Well, two things: both games, their first possessions, they marched down the field and scored a touchdown, and then from there, it's been very un- uninspiring on the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in 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 their first two contests and um and i forgot what my second point was it might come back to me it might talk about McCord. Uh, but yeah and so oh yeah when he brought i i forget what possession it was i think it was the, the fourth possession that brought, brought yeah and he put brown back in mm -hmm. i was like really like i i mean our eyes are telling us something very obvious here like this isn't that close and mm -hmm. i i thought that was a curious decision on day's part um i mean it wasn't like there was ever any point that they were going to lose the game but i thought man like there's what what more do we need to see and he gave brown another series he did thankfully you know hopefully we put that to bed uh mccord is obviously ahead of where brown is yes and so that's uh that's like that's a good thing but overall you know and then uh, you know it's the last thing i would say nine or you know noon start youngstown state mm -hmm. is it is you know we always get all wrapped up around it you know but like is it really that surprising they, it was an uninspiring <laughs> game it's uninspiring no for the fans and the players probably so, not yeah live with the result yep I'm yep. not going to lose too much sleep over it. Yep, I I, I hear you, and, and I agree with a lot of what you said there. And how about you, CP? What did you see from the offense that stood out? Well, you know what? I mean, I think, I mean, I think we just played to our competition. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I still feel like we're days like being a little bit conservative on the play calling, this and that. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, you know, overall, I was like, I, I'm happy. You know, like I wasn't happy that young, we'll get that in a few minutes, but. Youngstown State going down and scoring like that. It's just like I, I hear all the fucking homers like, oh my God, look at that. They scored already. What the Ohio State sucks. You know, like like, oh man, just just please shut up, please. Um, but you know what? I feel like the offensive line is starting to come together a little bit. Um, I think, you know, by the time I think when we get to South Bend, they're gonna like be a solid unit. Um, they didn't have that many penalties, uh, which is uh kind of impressive for that that unit um you know obviously what can you say there was a couple you know a couple of really nice passes to Harrison um yeah record. I mean that um, that second touchdown he threw was 50 yards on a rope and hit him right in the chest that was an impressive throw by McCord that second touchdown he threw to Marvin nice. Harrison Jr yeah um but yeah so I'm I'm excited I, I think now that we've gotten all this stuff out of the way like you know who's our starter mm -hmm. you know That's this big. and that so, you know, I think that's going to allow McCord to, you know, be able to breathe a little bit and kind of just focus on like, hey, man, this is my team. I'm going to like go as far as I take them. And so I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I, I, I don't like, ever like to look ahead, but I tell you what, I cannot wait for next weekend. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. But I think Ohio State has a little bit of a test ahead of them yeah, uh, with Western Kentucky. I yeah, I, I'm I'm I Oh, they throw they they throw they're an, they Yeah. Throw well, we'll the get ball. Yeah, they do. They're going to chuck it around. We'll get to them in just a second. But PBH, I I kind of agree with you. I in the second half when Devin Brown came in, I, I just really felt like there was much more of a rhythm with McCord. I felt a lot more of the offense was available to Ryan Day with McCord at the controls. And uh, I really feel like if he played all or most of the snaps, Ohio State probably wins this game like 49-7, to 56-7, right? I mean, he only played 30 snaps, and he only got one series after halftime. He played the first series after the half, and then Devin Brown played the rest of the way. He actually played more snaps. He played 36 is um, that right? I, he did. That, wow. Yeah, he did. Um, oh, by the way, for the record, I want to clear up one mistake I made on Sunday's recap pod. 
On Ohio State's second possession of the game, Trey Henderson was stopped on that third down and one for a loss. It was one of those frustrating runs into the boundary. And there was a penalty on the play, which was a holding call on Josh Simmons. On Sunday's pot, I mistakenly said it was a late hit out of bounds on Youngstown State, which actually didn't occur until later in the game, and that was a hit on Devin Brown and not Henderson. So I just want to, you know, for the record, correct that mistake. I'm sorry, everybody. But speaking of third down conversions... Right now, the Ohio State offense is only converting about 30% of their third downs. That ranks 114th nationally. Uh, I mean, yikes. Uh, and, and look, the failures on third and short are largely, I think, the culprit. So clearly a lot of work to do in that area for Ryan Day. I'm looking forward to this Saturday seeing if they, if they can fix that. And I think there's a few things at play. I think it's a combination of the offensive line blocking, you know, much better. And we heard Justin Fry say yesterday that he feels like the whole offensive line, they know their assignments. They know what to do. It's just not, you know, not being aggressive enough. I think he used the word violent enough at the point of attack. And he's urged his guys, you know, going into the Western Kentucky game to be more physical, more violent at the point of attack. I also think Ryan Day still has some tendencies that are very predictable in the run game. So I think there's something to be looked at there. And then Unreal. you guys, uh, PVH and CP, you guys mentioned this on last week's pod, perhaps incorporating some, the passing game here and there on third and short, rather than always trying to run into an eight or nine man box. They've had some success throwing for first downs on fourth and short. Why not try it on third down as well? So that's something I'm looking for, uh, you know, looking you know, looking at uh, moving forward. And then one thing I'll say on the running backs, I agree with you, PVH and CP. You must feel vindicated today. Uh, I did. Oh, I love what right. I saw out of Trey Henderson. He was he was really good. <laughs> now I said before the season though that I I thought Ryan Day and Tony Alford should think about taking a page out of Georgia's book and use a three man rotation at running back. And it looks like that's exactly what they're doing, at least so far. And they're also using some of those two back sets with Chip Trainum at fullback. Now, against Youngstown yeah, State, like did you that. guys really? Uh, did you guys realize Henderson only had five carries? He had two touches yeah. in, the, in the passing game on a really nifty um, uh, screenplay, which I was really excited to see. And then Williams and Trainum each got six carries against Indiana. It was twelve for Henderson, eight for Trainum, and seven for Williams. So um, I like what I like that approach. Um, there are a lot of dudes in that room, I think we can all agree, that can help them in the run game, one. So spread that ball around. But two, this is going to keep guys fresh for the home stretch, and it should mitigate the, the kind of injuries in that room that just killed us last year, right? And I think finally, in the case of Trey Henderson, I wonder if less is more with him. feels like you start to see a diminishing return the more carries you give him. Maybe keep his touches down in that 10 to 12 range and make sure a few of those are in the passing game. And you're, and you're maximizing, I think, what you get out of Trey Henderson. There's just a few thoughts there. Guys, anything else you want to say on the offense? PBH, I'm going to kick it back to you. Any other thoughts? I, I mean, that's an interesting take on Trey, um, and especially against Youngstown State and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, if the guy can't stay healthy, he can't stay healthy. Right. Uh, I, I mean, again, I, kudos to him, man. He played great. And he I was think, explosive. You know, he had, he had five. And like, if you'd put a gun to my head, there's no way he he only had five touches. I would yeah. never guess that. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's still like adjusting to the the new play clock rules. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I don't know, again, like if they had less possessions and stuff like that, I saw some snippet with Abuka and he's like, yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. I, I mean, they only had you know, three, maybe... they only had three real possessions in the third quarter in the, in the second half, only three real yeah. possessions. The fourth possession was a, a kneel down at the end of the game. Three yeah. possessions. I That's mean, crazy. And, yeah. Can they go faster? 
Yes, I think playing with tempo could could uh, could help. Yeah. Also, being better on third down on both sides of the ball, convert more of your third downs. I think Ohio State is, like I said, they're 114th nationally in converting third that's, downs. That's, that's, that's terrible. And then on yeah, defense, not, it, going back, I said like. You're high state. You can't be a hundred and whatever in anything. I don't care <laughs> totally. if you're a hundred cheerleading. It's not, it's not allowed. Like how is yeah. that even? Like, you couldn't even try to do that if you wanted to. Yeah. How is that fucking That's awesome? embarrassing. Yeah. It, it is. And then we're going to get the defense here in a second. But Ohio State right now is 72nd in the country in opponent third down conversions. So third down is wow. a big theme here. You're not you're not converting your own third downs, and you're letting the opponent stay on the field and convert third. So that opening possession, CPU mentioned it. Youngstown's only scoring drive of the game, which was their opening possession, they converted three different third downs on that on that uh, on that drive. So what, Ohio State has got to they, be better. What's what that? What are they in total defense though? Uh, I believe they're fourth in total defense. So you know this. I'm nitpicking here, but these are you know these are key these well, two key that stats. Speaks yeah. to the narrative, right? Where it feels like they're just not getting as many possessions because teams are you know converting on third down. Yeah, and the they're keeping the ball right. They're moving the ball, so not scoring. It's a little bit of every. I think it's a little bit of those things, right? I mean, the, I, I definitely agree. The running clock is a factor, but Ohio State, you got to get off the field on third down, yeah. and you got to convert more of your third downs than you have so far. Uh, CP, any thoughts? Any more thoughts on on how Ohio State performed on the offensive side of the ball against Youngstown State before we move to the defense? You know what? No, not really. I, I will say one thing. I, you know what? I always believe that you know. I get so frustrated sometimes that um, the predictable play calling mm-hmm. day on on the third down. I mean, Jesus, like any fucking grandma, like grand, like whatever, oh, anyone. I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, that's that. Uh, they knew we were going to run that play. Yeah, stretch into so the boundary. I, the whole world knows that's what we're doing. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and and I feel though, like I feel like he's like he's learned this and I, I feel like he's just like baiting Notre Dame. And Could be. I feel, I feel like that's what's happening here. At least that's what I want to believe. I, no, I mean, I, I, I actually, yeah, go ahead. PBH. How many bubble screens have we seen to the wide receivers this year? <laughs> that's true. We have not seen a ton of those. No, have I, we? I can't remember one. Yeah. I know. That's crazy. That's ha- that makes me happy. Yeah. I, I'd have to. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I mean, if they have thrown them, they've not, there hadn't been a bun- bunch of them. I mean, just a, just maybe one or two. One to like Xavier kind of. Maybe. Yeah. I could survive kind of what I think of. Yeah. You could be right about that. Okay, let's spend a few minutes on the defensive performance against Youngstown State. 234 yards of total offense allowed to the Penguins. That's 3.97 yards per play, 135 yards through the air, 5.2 yards per attempt for the Penguins, and 99 yards on the ground on 33 carries, only 3 yards per rush. Now, on their face, those numbers would suggest pretty good day for the defense. But only three tackles for loss two sacks, one forced turnover, which, you know, credit to Denzel Burke. That was great coverage, uh, big-time interception in the end zone in the third quarter. And there was entirely too much success for the Penguins on third down. We were just talking about that. Youngstown State was 7 of 15 on third down. And as I mentioned, right now, Ohio State, the high State defense, 72nd nationally in opponent third down conversions. they got to be way better than that. The pass rush was also underwhelming. And I think that's part of the reason Ohio State has struggled to get off the field on third downs. Despite blitzing on about 45% of their defensive snaps against Youngstown State, only eight quarterback pressures by the Buckeye defense, and only five of those were by the defensive line. 
including just one for JT Tuimolo Wow and zero for Jack Sawyer, according to PFF. When I looked at these numbers on Sunday, PFF had actually credited Sawyer with one pressure, and they've since taken it away. <laughs> That's pretty pathetic. PBH, let me kick this to you. Why don't you give us a few thoughts on the play of the defense last Saturday? I, I, you know, I mean, you can look at it's Is it your glass half full or your glass half empty, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that third down conversion is is pathetic. They scored seven points, and it was the first drive. Take away that first drive. Yep. How many total yards did they give up? It had to be less than 200. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. <clears throat> um, You know, yeah, the third down conversion was a little bit frustrating, but I don't know that you can quibble too much with the result. Yeah, it's Youngstown State. Mm -hmm. Um uh, I'd be much more interested to hear you rant, um, uh, like how disappointed you are on Jack Sawyer, because when we were talking on Saturday, <laughs> that was actually pretty quite funny when he missed that tackle. Um, but, oh my god! Uh, that's a, maybe a podcast for another day. Uh, you know, so it's like after that first drive that they, you know, I I don't know that you can it uh, uninspiring again is the word that comes to mind. Um, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, 99 yards of total offense for Youngstown State in the first quarter. And then, you know, do the math after that, right? Um, so oh, you're right. Ohio State defense, much more stout after that that first drive. How about you, CP? What did you see from the Ohio State defense against Youngstown State that stood out to you? Well, it, I mean, for, I mean, <laughs> Sawyer has three tackles and JTD has two. I mean, where is the pass rush in this fucking defense? I mean, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Good we're question. Playing against Youngstown State, where is it? And I mean, you know, I don't want to be like negative Nancy and all that shit. Um, it's okay. You're just talking like about are, what you see. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but I'll tell you what, man. Sonny Styles is the man. Mm -hmm. Love that guy. Proctor will be playing this weekend. I saw that. Um, I think, you know, the Geikenberg, I think he looks good. I feel like we just like need some, you know, our pass rush needs to like figure some shit out. I, I agree. Teams are qu quick passing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I think you could say that about Indiana that they were getting the ball out quickly. But I thought Youngstown State, uh, you know, there were there were opportunities there to get after their quarterback, and you know they couldn't despite blitzing on about forty-five percent of their defensive snaps. Um, you know, who's I mean, the dog on that defense? That's the question right like, yeah who's the guy that's like this is it, it, i put my money behind maybe burke or somebody but like, I, I think burke's one of them maybe mike hall jr uh a guy yeah, who mike hall Caden curry maybe that's a guy who steps on the field you see emotion you feel his presence as soon as he steps on the field uh, you know i'm pretty bullish on the back seven myself i think the linebackers look great you made reference to that uh, CP and the secondary, Burke, Igbenosan, Hancock, and Styles in particular. against CP, you've already mentioned him. They've been really, really good. Now, let's see how they hold up against Reed, Austin Reed, this Saturday, and then Sam Hartman on September 23rd. But I've loved what I've seen so far. I also like what I've seen from the interior of the defensive line, uh, for the most part. Mike Hall Jr. and Tyleek Williams have played well. But I'm with you, CP. Where the hell is the pass rush? I mean, through two games, Tui Molowau and Jack Sawyer have, a, have combined for four quarterback pressures, no sacks, and a half of a tackle for loss. And that's by Tui Molowau. They've got to be more impactful than that, guys. I think we can all agree on that. You know, I said it on the recap pod. How about more snaps for Caden Curry? And I, the defense, they just need to start getting more pressure with four. 
right? You can't blitz as much, even as with the improvements in the secondary, we have guys that can hold up in one-on-one coverage, but you can't ask them to play press man, you know, coverage zero all afternoon, right? Eventually you're going to get beat. So, you know, where's the juice on this defense, man? A good question. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Where's this the whole dog? team? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, we're like, I'm, yeah, and the juice, this, this whole team, it's like, oh, yeah, preseason, yeah, we got a chip on our shoulder. Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't, let's see, see the chip on the field. I'm with you, yeah, CP. My God, guys, let's let's get this shit rolling. Baby. Uh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, CP, because Jeremy Birmingham uh, mentioned something on the podcast earlier this week. And he mentioned on a couple of their shows that, you know, he, he, who's the emotional leader of this team was his question. He just, there aren't a lot of, there aren't any spiritual leaders among their best players. All their best players are soft-spoken guys who kind of shy away from the mic, right? Marvin Harrison Jr., even Eichenberg is as good as he is, is a soft-spoken guy. You know, who are the yeah. emotional, spiritual leaders of this team? And I think you need at least one on, on either side of the ball. So um, that's something I'm going to be looking for. I think they need for. me to get on the sideline. <laughs> well, you know, I hesitate, up, I hesitate <laughs> to say this. And, you know, Paige, when we looked at the schedule a few months back, we talked about, um, you know, I, I said maybe Ohio State they, they drop again. We both agree Ohio State's going to lose at least one game. You have them losing two. I have them losing one. And and maybe losing a game is what this team needs. I hate to say that. You hate to have it come down to a loss, but it might give Ryan Day the opportunity to course correct on some things, and it might, you know, it might cause, uh, uh, you know, one or two emotional leaders to come out, you know, to, to you know step forward with this team. But I hope it doesn't come to that, but it feels like, man, this team needs some kind of a kick in the pants. And, and it might need to be a loss in order for that to happen. I, I hope I'm wrong about that. Well, again, like, I don't know that you can make too much about a, a noon start against Youngstown State. That's like, true. If they're uninspired, because it's going to be, you know, under the lights in the second half against Western Kentucky, I expect a much more juiced atmosphere mm-hmm. in the shoe. Yep. Um, if that's the case, then yeah, then, you know, then perhaps we have a problem. Um, but you know, it's again, it's been two games. Right. Um, and the, the, the other thing I would say, you know, I I would challenge you on, okay. Yeah. Where the impact plays on defense and tackles for loss, like on the flip side of the coin, they've give up 10 points in two games. That's a good point. Competition's not great. Mm -hmm. Okay. But still in today's modern game. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, the the goal is to win the game. The goal is to give up less points. So Yes, we want more pressure from the offensive line and, you know, those impact plays. They've also been pretty goddamn good, like, end result, right? That's true. And, uh, you know, very few explosive plays, right? I don't think they've given up a single one over 40 yards yet, thankfully. You know, there was the long one that Cam Martinez gave up. I think it was 30-something. By the way, you know who that receiver was? That was Mike Tomzak's nephew, the former Ohio State quarterback, who played back in the uh, the early to mid '80s, which I thought was really funny. Tom Zach, Mike Tom Zach, and, so, and did you guys you, also realize that Marcus Hooker was playing safety for Youngstown yes. State? Uh, yes. No, I did <laughs> so not. Did, did Did you see the Jim Knowles um, press conference? And I think it was Doug or somebody or somebody asked him the question. Then Doug asked him a follow up about. Have you adjusted your philosophy of this going for broke because you have better personnel on on I did. your side? Uh-huh. And, and he 
pretty much said, yeah, unequivocally, I have. Yeah. I, that was very interesting. I thought that was very interesting, too, that he has admitted, like, uh, at his previous stops, you know, they, the philosophy was to go for broke. They could take more risks. And I guess it makes sense, right? You're at Duke. You're at Oklahoma State, especially at Oklahoma State, where in the Big 12, right, they kind of just agree to, to trade 60-yard touchdowns for 60 right. minutes. <laughs> um, and, and I guess, you know, when you're, you're at a talent disadvantage more often, coaching at those schools, so you have to take more risks. Um, I did, I did hear that PBH and I thought it was very interesting, uh, that, that he's changed his whole philosophy on, on being so hyper aggressive, chasing yeah. those splash plays. And I guess you, you I, can't I, have it both ways, I suppose, right? If you, if you play a little bit more, you keep, you know, you keep the action in front of you, you give up fewer of those explosive plays, but that allows teams to dink and dunk on you. Yeah. And I think that might be part of what you're seeing, right? You're not seeing these super impactful plays, whatever they put, how many percentage of times, but yep. nobody's getting behind them. You'll find out this weekend, right? Because oh, yeah. they're going to, they're going to air it out. Yep. I, I agree. Well, why don't we have a look at this Saturday's matchup for the Buckeyes with the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers of Conference USA. <laughs> the game is a 4 p.m. Eastern kick on Fox. The line is Ohio State minus 29 and a half. The over-under is 65. Now, as I said at the top, this will be the very first matchup between these two schools on the gridiron. Now, the Hilltoppers are coming off a 2022 season in which they finished in a second-place tie in Conference USA with a record of 9-5. and And they come into this game this season at 2-0 with a 41-24 win over South Florida in their opener and a 52-22 win over Houston Christian last Saturday. Guys, who the hell is Houston Christian? That's exactly. <laughs> That's a song. Uh, Sister Christian. <laughs> Sister Christian. Yeah, is that a Night Ranger Sister song, Christian. right? Uh, <laughs> the Hilltoppers are led by senior quarterback Austin Reed, who comes into this game ranked 14th nationally in passing, averaging 294 yards per game. Reed has six touchdown passes so far this season and no interceptions. He's completing 67% of his passes and has not yet been sacked this season. A year ago, Reed led the country in passing yards with 4,744. That's more than 1,000 more than C.J. Stroud threw for last year. And he finished 2022 with 40 touchdown passes and 11 INTs. And he was only sacked 11 times on 602 pass attempts. Now, for a little context there, guys, C.J. Stroud last year, who was being protected by an NFL offensive line, was sacked 12 times, but on 213 fewer pass attempts than Reed. So it's going to be a challenge for the Ohio State defensive front to get pressure on Reed. They do a really good job of protecting him. A junior Malachi Corley is Reed's favorite target. Uh, Corley was hurt in their opener. He did not play last Saturday against Houston Christian. I honestly don't know his status for the Buckeyes, but I'm sure he'll find a way to play. Last year, Corley finished fourth nationally in receiving yards with 1,293 yards. That's actually more receiving yards than Marvin Harrison Jr. I have a couple notes from, from uh, Doug Lamarie, so I want to read to you guys here. He sent these around earlier this week after Ohio State's media availability. Doug spoke to someone inside the Woody, I assume it's a staffer, about this matchup who told him they're concerned about the Western Kentucky passing game. They think it's going to stress Ohio State's defense. Now, they don't think this matchup's going to help Ohio State get ready for Notre Dame because the styles are so different, but it will be a real test. They also believe inside the Woody that Austin Reed should be a third or fourth round pick in this uh, upcoming NFL draft. And what they said about Western Kentucky, they like to create tendencies and then they break them. 
So it's going to be all about eye discipline for the Ohio State defense against this offense, which Knowles echoed in his news conference on Tuesday. What the Hilltoppers are doing, you know, they'll throw a bubble screen on one down, then they'll fake the bubble and throw a tunnel screen to the opposite, opposite side. Then they'll fake the bubble and throw deep. And they want to get the Ohio State defensive backs to kind of bite on that action. So a lot of eye candy at the line of scrimmage. Ohio State has to be very disciplined. Finally, Malachi Corley led the nation in yards after catch last year. Uh, I guess according to PFF, 975 yards after the catch. So he's tough to bring down. The Buckeyes are going to have to tackle well in the secondary. Corley also operates out of the slot. So expect to see a lot of Jordan Hancock matched up on him in this game. You know, Hancock has played really well this season, but Corley going to be a real test of how much Hancock has actually improved. Finally, on defense. Western Kentucky is terrible. (laughs) 121st nationally in total defense. They're giving up 454 yards per game. They're 96 in defensive yards per play, allowing 5.7 yards per play. But listen to this. They're 131st out of 133 FBS teams against the run. (laughs) They allow, this is what they average, 267 yards rushing per game. Uh, In their opener, they allowed 374 yards to Southern uh, South like Florida. The hilltopper should be a fucking downhill runner. Yeah, totally. What the fuck is a hilltopper anyway? Uh, good question. S- South Florida ran for 374 yards on the hilltopper defense in the opener. 374 yards. How the fuck do you lose that game if you're South Florida? If you run for 374 yards, I I don't even. That's all kinds of awful. All right, PPH. Hard to even like fathom. <laughs> I'm gonna kick this over to you. Give me a few thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, the first thing is, as you were saying that, like Trey's got to go for 200. Let's just, yep. We need Trey for 200 today or on Saturday. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm weirdly concerned about this game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a test. Oh. But then again, I think, um, you know, I mean, every one of our DBs are, you know, studs and sunny styles. So it'll be fun to watch, right? I expect them to put up points. Yep. Um, will it be a track meet? Probably. But then I kind of was thinking, well, maybe Ohio State will try and slow it down and just run the ball and, you know, flip the script of the, what the other teams have done to them for the first two Oh, games that's a good point. Yeah. And, and try and, you know, control the clock. So just grind them out. You know, we're going to run the ball down your throat until you can prove that you can stop it. It doesn't sound like they can. And I think it'll be good, you know, Harbinger, if, if we can't run the ball against this team and with our offensive line, like, yeah. Oh God, you've got me. Shut the podcast down. I'll Boom. see you in 2027. <laughs> yeah. CP, how about you? Give, give us a few thoughts on this matchup. Well, I mean, First of all, it's, I mean, come on, guys. It's the Hilltoppers. So, I mean, <laughs> there should be concern right there. Um, no, on a serious note, I, you know. Old Jackers. Yeah. By the way, their mascot looks like a red grimace. Blues. Look up their mascot. Yeah, it looks like a red grimace. I saw that. It's very strange. <laughs> so, where my head is on this is like, I, I think this is going to be a great test for that defensive backfield because, yeah. you know, that's, let's see how many, like, big you know 30 plus yard plays they give up and i'm hoping it's it's very few um i mean they throw the ball well so i think it's going to be a big test i think that's going to be the biggest um i'd like to see our like i would like you know we just talked about like no sacks like what do we have two sacks on the year 
Like, is that what we have? Yeah, I, I believe we're at least three, because there was one in the opener okay. oh, as well against Indiana, oh, but but oh, okay. not enough. Three. <laughs> yeah, not enough. So I would like to see that. You know, I would like to see pressure on that quarterback, man. Let's get him flustered. And, Amen. You know, and then maybe, you know, like, let's just get that shit going, man. Like, this wide out, like, let's put the throttle down, like, put the pressure on the quarterback. Defensive line getting off the ball and the ends getting in there. Like, you know what, linebacker, let's, let's go. Like, this is... You know, I don't want that one of these games where, you know, they're like we're going, oh, my God, what's up with these guys? This defensive backfield is terrible. Where's our safety? Why was he not there? You know? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be, though. I feel pretty good about it. I, I mean, I really do. And, and 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 to go back to what Paige said, you know, earlier about Knowles, I mean, I, I think he did. You know, he came in and he had a great resume and, you know, you're at Oklahoma State. And, but I think uh, I think, I you know, he had a very you know, coming Jesus with himself in the off season about, you know, Hey, I've got to like, coach this team differently. So yeah, I want to believe that that's where we are and where, yes, exactly. And I believe that, you know, I just want to like, I want to believe until I'm let down and you know, have I been let down a number of times? Have you loved and lost like, chat? Oh, <laughs> loved and lost, lost and loved. Like it's just, you know, but, uh, I'm excited. I think I think the defense is going to like have a good game this weekend. I really right. do. I you think they, they step up and rise to the challenge? I think they do. Yeah, I yeah. Think they do. All the chatter this week has been about how underwhelming the Ohio State pass rush has been. We've just talked about it, but you know, all the all the various outlets that cover Ohio State have been talking about it. And now they're facing an offense that's going to throw at least 50 times in this game, I'm sure, and that never gives up sacks. So what I would love to see is the Buckeye defensive line rising to the challenge here and said, okay, you might not give up any sacks in Conference USA, but we're fucking Ohio State, so watch this. What I fear is going to happen, happen, though, pardon me, is a continuation of what we saw dating back to last season, which is the pass rush not getting home, Jim Knowles blitzing too much to get pressure, Austin Reed taking advantage of one-on-one matchups with Corley downfield, and we get a game that's entirely too close for comfort, and in the postgame we get excuses about, well, how Reed just got the ball out quickly, and you know the game clock, and running clock, blah, blah, blah. So that's, what, that's my fear, and I really hope that doesn't happen. I'd rather see the former than the latter, of course. And it, look, if I see Cam Martinez lined up across from Malachi Corley in this yeah, game, so help there, me. Dude. God and the and the podcast, the podcast <laughs> is over. Yeah, um, C.J. Hicks has got to be on the field more. I'm sorry, the kids, the, you you just cannot keep him off the field. I I really want to see more of him too, but boy, I tell you, I'd love what I see out of Chambers and 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 uh, you know Eichenberg. They've just played so well. It's so hard to take those guys off the field with as well as they're playing. Yeah, that's the pro. That's one of the problems I feel like they like these guys. Like you know you. Waiting to like, I mean, like this kid, like uh, I don't know. I could go on and on about this. I just feel like it's like, you know what? Hey, Steel, you look good, but like, I mean, it's 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 time, dude. He's like, been good. Back up. Yeah, I know, dude. I'm just I'm, well. What you're, see, I, I think what you're trying to say is like, yeah, Steel, you're pretty good, but maybe this guy's spectacular. Maybe he's special. Right? Yeah, and we won't know until next year. Beginning, like, it's bullshit. Like they're just yeah. waiting. You know what I mean? I I feel like they're putting a damper on like these these five-star recruits that are coming like just to be yeah like, but dude you, know, you trusted Knowles you yeah you trust I know him. dude I, you know what actually you know what I I'm and I am going to until he lets me down again so you know what good point PVH I'll pivot and move on from there and I'm gonna stay right there in that little little comfort zone my little my little blankie <laughs> well it's interesting because um you know Sonny Styles is playing a lot of what effectively is a strong side linebacker in certain you know in certain 
uh, on certain downs. And it is it's just tough to bring Eichenberg and, and Chambers off the field. They've just it's it's a conundrum. Um, because I agree with you. I'd love to see more of him as well. But, um, man, it's hard to argue with how well uh, Chambers is playing. Because Chambers would be the guy that he would replace. Yeah. Doesn't Sonny look like a man amongst boys, though, back there, man? It's crazy. He does. Like, he's, like, he's a big boy. He is. And, you know, he, so far he's met expectations. But I do want to see more splash plays out of this defense. They, they should be generating wow. more splash right. plays. And, and you shouldn't have to send the house especially against these opponents that they played so far to get pressure on the quarterback and come up with more sacks and tackles for loss. I also, I expect Kyle McCord in this game, now that he's the established starter, he's getting all the first team reps in practice and is going to get all the important snaps in this game. I think he's going to take another step forward. And I think the offense as a whole is going to take another big leap forward against the Hilltoppers. They should be able to do whatever they want offensively, especially in the run game. So it should be a big day for the Buckeyes on uh, on both sides, uh, in both aspects, that is, running and throwing. Okay, PBH, I'm going to fire up the concernometer. I'm going to kick this back to you. Give us a Concerno-meter score. Three. Three. I, I mean, that's... I mean, I know I'm, like, weird. I said I was weirdly concerned. I, I'm not weirdly concerned that they I would think three's the good, game. Dude. I think it just might be closer than we want it to be. And I think, you know, you kind of spelled out why. Like, it would they have the ability to put up a lot of points and so they could make it attract me and mm-hmm. so um but i'm i'm going to be on uh, the seesaw of positivity with chad and be like <laughs> yeah the defense might not have had a lot of splash plays but they've also only given up 10 points so yeah, yeah. they're going to give up some points this next week or on saturday but i think you know might be more bend don't break and buckeyes will win the game but it might be closer than we want it to be. Okay, fair enough. How about you, CP? Give us your concernometer score. You know, I'm gonna go. I'll stay. I'll stay right there with pay. I know that's like you know whatever I say, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna we go can, three. We can think alike, buddy. You okay. three? Yeah, it, it's all good. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> I'll go with a three. I, I honestly think that, uh, and and a point that you just made, Zach. I think Kyle McCord lights up the fucking sky on Saturday. I really think they're gonna like. You know they're going to have a really good offensive production. I just want the defense to, you know, I, I would I would be happy with that pass that you know happy happy pass offense they run if we could hold them to thirteen points. You okay. Know what I mean, like yeah, I, I would be happy with that. Yeah. You know, I, I would prefer it to be you know ten, but my score. I'm going to say. Hang on a second. We'll get to your score in just a second. Um, okay, so you're at Damn a three. It. You're at a three. Page is at a three. I'm also at a three. I, I, we can't all Whoa. be a three. Trifecta. I'm going to change it. Does that ever happen? Can we go back and check the archive? I, I'm pretty sure it hasn't. And you know what? I'm changing mine to three and a half. We can't all have the same goddamn score. Um, I think the Hilltoppers are going to move the ball. I'm with you, PBH. They're going to move the ball. They're going to put up some points in this game. They might make things a little uncomfortable for Ohio State fans in the early going uh, CP you might be on the back porch of smoking a couple extra cigarettes to get through oh, that first dude, I don't smoke man <laughs> oh you I quit smoked in over a year oh like, good dude, for you man all right 18th, oh good I'm glad to hear that I want one every day though <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know because Western Kentucky is going to throw it a ton I wonder if the running clock won't be as much of a factor uh, because they'll be throwing mm-hmm. it and uh, High State might get a, a, a few more possessions it does feel like you'd be tempting fate if you're Western Kentucky, inviting Ohio State into a track meet in this game, right? Um, I think the Ohio State offensive line, 
was better in week two than they were in the opener. I I'm, I think we see them take another step forward in this game for whatever that's worth. I understand Western Kentucky that the defense is not uh, not exactly a world beater. Uh, and then even with Notre Dame lurking next Saturday, man, I would be very disappointed if the Buckeyes look flat, uninspired, kind of distracted, looking ahead that whole thing uh, like they did against Youngstown State. Uh, so yeah, three and a half for me. All right, fellas. Let's get to our score prediction. CP, I know you're, you're itching to get yours out. I'm going to kick this back to you. Give us a score prediction. Uh, but wait, before you do that, the line again, Ohio State minus 29 and a half. The over-under is 65. Well, I think it's been kind of underwhelming um, the last couple of weeks. We haven't covered, you know, the first two games. I think we cover in this game. Um, I think Ohio State against this defense scores north of 50. So okay. let's just say 52. You know, I'm going to say, like, I'll stick it with what I said earlier. If we can hold them to 13, I'm going to say 52 to 13. I like it. 52, 13. Okay, PBH, how about you? What's the line? 29 and a half? 29 I, and a half, yeah. yeah. I, I, so I, I just think, regardless of the teams, right? Like, with the clock running, like, it, it's hard to make the overs anymore. And I normally would have said Ohio State 50, you know, uh, Hilltoppers, whatever. But I'm going to say 44 to 24. Okay. Yeah. 44 24 okay um it was interesting i had to look back at western kentucky's 2022 schedule and the closest thing they faced to what they'll see in ohio state was probably auburn which is back on november 19th now that was a tie game at the half 17 17 and auburn was horrible last year they were they were not a good football team but then in the second half auburn scores 24 unanswered to win at 41-17. Austin Reed only threw for 289 yards and two touchdowns in that game. And he had 29 incompletions and two interceptions. So just thinking, you know, SEC athletes, I understand. One would think what Ohio State brings into this game is going to be much better. I think if Ohio State is operating at or near its ceiling on Saturday, they can deliver a bigger beatdown than what Auburn did last year. I think also last year, Western Kentucky had a much better defense. But I think Ohio State is still figuring some things out on the offensive line, as we've discussed, and especially with pass rush. I got the Buckeyes winning this one 45-24, so the same uh, same, same score as you uh, for Western Just Kentucky, like PBH. $1. What is this? The price is right. Like, <laughs> the, Buckeyes, uh, the Buckeyes win it. Uh, they win it convincingly, wrong, but maybe they do it in a way that still leaves us wanting more. Uh, and I don't think they cover, but I am going to take the over by a few points. All right, boys, listen, why don't we wrap there? Thanks so much for making the time. Our listeners can expect a short recap of this game from me on Sunday, and then the three of us will reconnect next Thursday to get our listeners ready for the big matchup Live with Notre Bend. Dame in South Bend. Until then, thanks so much for listening, everyone, and go Bucks. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.